Welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even good movies get bad reviews. I am your host, Chris, and I am joined by the star of the Flicky Podcast. He is the Michael Keaton Batman to my Robert Pattinson Batman, and I'm not talking about looks. What are you talking about? I'm talking about I'm a brooding, emo, angry. Oh, and I'm a little more suave and uh, stoic? Yeah, and just more personable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that checks out, I think. Yeah. So I'm joined you have by a Robert Pattinson Batman vibe. I am joined by the star, yeah. and he's the king of queens, Mr. John. How you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm okay. Um, this week's episode, we are doing the Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Not to be confused with Batman or Vengeance. Or Vengeance. Because <laughs> he's called Vengeance way more than I, Batman. I have a feeling that the second movie might be called Batman Vengeance. Oh, Batman. Batman Vengeance. Colon Vengeance. Vengeance. Yeah. Oh god. We'll talk about that a little. Uh, um we will preface this preface this by saying this is going to be a spoiler-free review as much as possible. Yeah. We won't give away any of the uh big reveals cuz there are uh, quite a few in this film. Correct. Um but obviously plot will have to be talked about because this is a plot plot heavy film as mm-hmm. we were just speaking about off air. Yep. Um so, Chris, take it away. Where do you want to start with this, with this episode? Um, I guess before we go into the movie, I just well, we'll talk about just a few bullshit things before we just dive into it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear, um, what's going on with Fast and Furious Ten? No. So I bet my brother did. He just, watched all of them. He Justin Justin Lin, the director. Uh huh. They're in production right now. Okay. He has left for creative differences. No, Justin Lin. The guy who has resurrected that whole franchise. What happened? Do they, They're not are they saying, saying the nebulous creative differences. It is costing Universal a million dollars a day because they don't have a director right now. Yeah, because they're they're keeping it in production and they're looking for a director at the same time. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I don't know why they wouldn't get a director. Couldn't get a director right away because they can offer way above what they would probably normally get just because they're costing themselves so much money that it would make sense to just pay a director fucking five million over their asking price or something crazy how do you not get a director right away i don't know do you think that's an issue with that has to be between like him and the stars or something right yeah or he doesn't like the ending or something something weird yeah because he does he doesn't write them so yeah maybe he wanted to change some shit up and something had to have happened big time because the guy is made it what it is essentially if you really think about it yeah has He's that ever happened in the middle of production i mean directors For have gotten kind of fired yeah no, directors he... have gotten fired in production but they'll have when they do that they'll have another director at the ready mm-hmm. just the guy leaving just dropping the mic and walking out wow so you know if you're saying it's a star and a producer is he having a problem with vin diesel I know. well that's where my mind goes automatically <laughs> just because of his reputation justin lynn is not family anymore yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you're family till you're not <laughs> yeah so it's um, costing a million dollars that's insane wow i mean i would have shut production down but i guess they want to keep everyone just in case you know? yeah because that's a they, lot of they money. might have assessed how much money would have cost to close production down and then start it all up again you know what i mean and uh, yeah, but at some point they're gonna have to stop that bleeding. Yeah, maybe Vin Diesel direct. Oh god! I mean, you can't get any director for that movie. There's such those are such huge productions mm-hmm. with a huge budget. I mean, directing a big budget film like that, you got to get somebody experienced, especially coming in. Yeah, 
you know, clean slate, not knowing what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Hasn't but, and seen then you got boards hasn't, doesn't know anything. Right. And again, uh, having to hire somebody in that situation, you got to get someone experienced, but then how much money are you going to have to pay them? Oh, they're going to have to, you know what I mean? They're going to have to, yeah, they get like cash. a Michael Bay, which you, they're not going to be able to do you'd have to pay him up the ass and give him like 50% of the cut or something crazy, you know? Oh boy. Yeah. It's rough. That's a pickle. It is. It's a pickle. It's a pickle. Um, another thing. This has mm-hmm. nothing to do with film, but I just wanted to talk about it because I just think it's fucking funny. Okay. So, as you and all of our friends know, I grew up listening to Mike and the Mad Dog uh-huh. on sports. Yeah. So, I would listen to Howard Stern in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I listen to Mike and the Mad Dog. Right. So, uh, Mad Dog's come across when they like did their divorce. Mad Dog has easily won this divorce. He has his own sh- his own station on Sirius FM. Mm-hmm. He has a show on MLB Network. And now he's doing spot stuff on ESPN. Yeah, and I've seen up, some of his. They're going to use him because yeah, it's he's going got a. Well. I've never listened to him, but I've been watching him on ESPN. Frankly, he's, he annoys me because he's he's very contrarian, but yeah. he's entertaining and he's, he's entertaining. Personality. And he, if you look through it, he was actually the one who knew sports from Mike and the Mike and the Mad. Right, right. He was more correct on a lot of things. Uh-huh. So, Mike has been doing that show on WFAN. <laughs> he does the whole year long retirement does it it's a big deal mm-hmm. realizes he pulls a tom brady says fuck them wife fuck them kids and goes yeah. back kicks other people out fails for yeah five, this was recently right yeah for like five years i all i heard from this guy was i'm never gonna do a podcast i'm never gonna do a podcast there's no money in it just shitting out podcasts all the time guess who has a podcast oh of course big mike big mike Big bad Mike. Big Mike, two two to three times weekly for an hour. He can't be getting many listeners to that, does he? I think he, I already, like... he already has like four sponsors off the bat. Okay. But like I feel like his demographic is older and a lot of like older people are they listening to podcasts, you know what I mean? Like having to download them. Listen, Mongo Nation is huge. Just just the What's troll. Mongo him, Nation? The people who listen to him. Or the people oh, okay. who listen to make fun of him. Gotcha. They're called Mongo Nation. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that stand for? I don't know. I, whenever I hear of Mongo, I think of that uh, WCW wrestler. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I just think of a meathead. Right, right, right. You know? Um, like, so he's doing the podcast. I've actually listened to it, and w- this is what I want to say, because there's people who like to bet, and Mike Francesa is like ninety percent wrong. He's a biggest. He's the biggest mush ever. Uh huh. You can actually email him. I'm going to give him a free plug here. Email him at mikefrancesapodcast at gmail.com. Find out what he's betting when you ask him the questions. And do the opposite. And bet against him. Right. I assure you will make money. That's a good strategy. That is. We should try that. That is the best strategy. We'll do that, and then we'll also <laughs> we'll update our audience really quick. Yeah. I actually might do it just to see what he says. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just thought I would talk that talk about that because I just find it funny that people will just you know that shows you also how how big podcasts have gotten. Where oh, everybody has a podcast, and now yeah, yeah. Oh, there's actually some money in it. Okay, I'll do it. Right. Um. So yeah, Yeah, that's tangentially related, I guess, because we have a podcast. He has a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Ipso facto, it's uh, (laughs) slightly (laughs) relevant. I just wanted to talk about it. I don't give a shit. Um. So yeah, we're gonna do now the Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Directed by Matt Reeves and co-written by Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. who um, has um, – he did the Planet of the Apes trilogy uh, 
in the last decade, and they were really well done. Yeah, he's really a talented director. He's talented. Um, stars Robert Pattinson, Jeffrey Wright, Paul Dano, Zoe Kravitz, John Turturro, mm-hmm. and Peter Skarsgård for, you know, a couple scenes. And uh, Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell. How could go? Yeah, how can I forget Colin Farrell? Yeah. Um, we could talk about that. <laughs> I like Colin Farrell as an actor, man. Yeah. But I do not know why they got Colin Farrell to play the Penguin. Really? He I looks nothing. He has the how many hours of makeup was this guy oh, going through every day? That movie, I, that movie could win the Oscar for best makeup alone. He just looks for incredible that. in that. I would never have known it's Colin Farrell unless I knew it was mm-hmm. Colin Farrell. No, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And he's great in the part. He also doesn't sound like Colin Farrell at all. Yeah, it's just strange to me that casting because Colin Farrell, they got tons of makeup on him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look anything like him. Mm-hmm. He does a, a very good job, but. You could have gotten someone who kind of looked like the Penguin, who's also a good actor. I mean, maybe they tried, mm-hmm. but it's and it's one thing if it was like Brad Pitt or Leo, and like, oh, this this is a selling point. It's mm-hmm. Leo playing the Penguin. Yeah, is Colin Farrell like a draw? Is Colin Farrell no. putting asses in the seats? I like no, Colin Farrell. I'm just talking about you know just in terms of movie star appeal. They tried trying to and sell it didn't the film. Work. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm just it's just a, it's it's a bit of an odd casting choice to me okay. because he just he's he looks so far away from the penguin that like oh, yeah. going through the trouble of putting him in makeup like that every day has to be a hassle. I'm going to guess It's also an added expense. Like you you got oh, yeah. a, a lot I mean, of money. you're having the best makeup artist on the planet do that. A lot of time. Um so he probably it's a bit had, odd. he probably had to have I imagine he probably lobbied for it. Yeah, that's true, maybe. And maybe he's friends with Matt Reeves. I don't know. And he probably knows that there's going to be a big arc over the three movies. So yeah. So you'll which, see him more. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, I could talk. Yeah. Uh, why would I mean, Kyle Farrell, I mean, this is a this yeah. is a great part to get money-wise and chops-wise and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's a fun scene. I mean, actually, I, I do think Penguin uh, provides the most levity in this film. He provides yeah. the most humor in this film, mm-hmm. which is very important in this movie. <laughs> this movie needed levity. So, so yeah. So, but let's, so we're trying to keep this spoiler free. Yep. Where, where do you want to start with this? Um, I guess let me, let me throw something out to you and you'll see, and you'll see if uh, you agree. Uh-huh. And it's just about what this movie is. Right. All right. So how I feel is that the Batman is part noir part police procedural yeah part thriller part psychological thriller Mm -hmm. part horror part romance part mob movie part actioneer yeah i i think um all those elements are in there i think you could there's a lot because yeah there's a lot going on for sure i mean i absolutely agree with that i mean i think I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's part romance. There's a romantic yeah, okay, opposite, yeah, but that's in a ton of movies. I wouldn't call it noir. I di- it didn't feel noir to me. It mm-hmm. felt dark. It's mm-hmm. certainly a thriller and mm-hmm. certainly a mystery. I mean, it is a detective story, which I did ap- appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an action movie. I mean, there, but there are a lot of elements. I I think there, and actually, I, I'll give it this. I don't think the elements make it convoluted but it does make it a bit one un, unfocused mm-hmm. at times uh for the most part it blends them all together and also just really long 
yeah, like so dense long. and long. It's too long. Movie's and it too long. and it is there's, there's it feels long. It's not just the fact that it's three hours. This I, I understand. There are three hour movies that I love. Mm-hmm. You feel all the three hours, and it just felt like you didn't need it. This I, could have been a tighter story. I mean, to your to yeah. your point, um, let's take out some of that elements and let's clean it up a bit. Yeah. Um, I felt it was longer when we saw it in the movie theater than when I watched it on HBO Max. But it, go, it went by faster when I watched it the second time around. It, it felt longer in the movie theater. I'll be honest. The first half felt just as long. The second half went by faster Okay. to me. And I think that's also because the first half is a lot of mystery like we don't know mm-hmm. you know i'm trying not to spoil it the basically there's a series of murders that the riddler is doing uh this is not a spoiler you find this out immediately yeah and he's leaving clues specifically to the batman to figure it out and batman's actually using his detective skills to do it mm-hmm. um i think some of his detective skills are to be questioned in this way, there's some yes. things he does right and other things he's uh, a little naive about. So, for example, minor spoiler, he uncovers or he discovers about the existence of a kind of top secret underground nightclub mm-hmm. where all the politicians and corrupt politicians and cops kind of hang out at. Yeah. And it's a little shocking to me watching this film both times where Batman doesn't know about its about its existence, and he has to speak to he has to find it out from a certain uh, employee, female mm-hmm. employee, i.e., Catwoman. Yep, that it's there. Yeah, and so I think that's they... a that's a bit of a spoiler. It, com- it comes out a, a little. It's I mean, okay. That... It's not, I wouldn't call this a spoiler. Yeah, it's just part of the movie. Yeah. Um, what I think they try to give themselves grace in using your word grace is that this is a, a batman in media res mm-hmm. he's a, but he's still a young batman so thank god it's not an origin story let me get that off the yeah thank oh thank you Christ. for that thank you for that but here here's the thing about the or- thing it's one thing so this is my this is let, let's start off with one of my uh main criticisms that that seems, sticks in my mind following okay. this line because this the entire plot is very much embedded in the idea of uh, of corruption, yeah. corruption in Gotham, which is basically the story of Gotham and Batman yeah. throughout the comic books, throughout the movies. Mm-hmm. Gotham is corrupt. It's yeah. so corrupt and so uh, depraved and so crime-ridden that this is why Batman believes he has to be Batman to try to make it a better place. Correct. Like, you need a vigilante. Like, the existence of a vigilante necessit- uh, is a reflection of how far this city has fallen, right? Because the cops ain't doing it. But not so he he's young, mm-hmm. but also he's been Batman for two years. Two years, yeah. Two years is kind of a long time to not real because you get the sense. Well, he should know. He should know the mob hangouts. He should know that one the mob hangouts. He should also know too that clearly Gotham is corrupt from the inside out. Mm-hmm. This is what was annoying me throughout the film. It actually annoyed me more the second time around. Him and Gordon. Get, become surprised when they find out who and who isn't corrupt. Yeah, and I'm like, does news not exist in the city? Does journalism not exist in the city? Jim Gordon would know mm-hmm. who's dirty and who is. He wouldn't know everyone, but he would know. Yeah, dude, there's something going out going on. Yeah, it's like Serpico, who's a real cop in New York, and Gotham is based on New York City. Yeah, and the corruption in the department wasn't a secret. 
Mm -hmm. It wasn't about whether or not there's corruption. It's about, well, who's really in on it? How, how prevalent is it? Yeah. <laughs> and what can we do to stop it? Yeah. And so I, I I find that hard to believe. That to me is a weakness in the script where they're making it so that we're discovering corruption. It's one thing to the, you should already know who's corrupt. I mean, the Dark Knight did a great job of this. It's, mm -hmm. it's the Dark Knight, in the Dark Knight, Gordon, and especially in the second movie, Gordon, Batman, and, uh, Dent. and Harvey Dent, all know it's corrupt, yeah. all know it stinks. So it's not about, oh, wow, we just discovered Gotham's corrupt. Now we gotta find a way to clean it up. No, 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 no. Gotham is corrupt. Yeah. It's obvious. It's self-evident. How do we clean it up? Yeah. Like, that wasn't this movie. And this they movie... also already have an idea in that movie of who is corrupt. Exactly. But they're trying to find out who else is involved. Right. And that's that's interesting. I mean, they don't go really detective side of it. It's yeah. almost, uh, it's periphery a, a little to the story. Yeah. In, in Dark Knight and Batman Begins, this is at the forefront. But this is what I mean where the, where, where the movie drags out a bit, mm -hmm. where that's part of, that's part of the... Uh, the discovery in the story is, oh, we're dedicating a huge amount of time, basically, mm -hmm. to exposing this corruption. Yeah. Or, 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 sorry, not even exposing it. Discovering that there's corruption. There's two reasons for this, and it's with the writing. And that's and this is the, one of the problems with the movie. And I do actually kind of like this movie, but it's a problem. Mm -hmm. One is that he finds out this stuff through Catwoman, like you said. And that's because it's expository dialogue. It's expository. He actually find he kind of comes across of it by it's accident. It's not telling really bat. Here it is. It's telling Batman. Get it right. I I understand what you're saying, but it's mostly telling the audience, and that's that's so bad when you're doing that. Yeah, I don't I'm, like I'm, that. Yeah, but you have to find a way to, to create exposition, there's, right? But there's better ways. That's what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, say. yeah. Sure. That's what I'm trying to say. And the other, I would have rather Batman either figured. It, listen, if this was like six, eight, ten months at the Batman's rain mm -hmm. um to, to batman's existence and discovery okay that i get but even then it's a stretch because you should have known that gotham was corrupt before you became batman sure. this is part of why you become batman yeah. you have to ask the questions why is there so much crime why aren't the cops doing anything about it etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you have two years into being batman and you don't know this shit yeah and the other problem with within the movie is that Batman is a reactive character. He is not really a proactive character. That's true. He does not drive the story. No, actually, no, he doesn't. He is not making really decisions. He's reacting to everything that happens in front of him. And it doesn't... It it makes him kind of weak in a way. I, I You know what, Mike? And this is another... Let's, we'll lead into this other criticism. And you, don't want, you don't want your main character to be that way. You want yeah. the main character driving the plot. Well, just going back to this sort of naivety he has about the underground clubs and the corruption and stuff, and even a lot of the lines in this film, and this applies to Jim Gordon as well, because I found his character... I love Jeffrey Wright. Mm -hmm. um, he does a great job, but just it, it really does come down to the writing. He comes off as very young. He's a young Batman. Yeah. And he ain't that young no, in the he's... movie. He's like 28, right? Because Batman yeah. in the comics, they don't, they don't specify in the movie, but Batman in the comics, when his parents die, is like 10. Yeah. 10, 11. Let's say 10. This movie opens with the 20 year anniversary of mm -hmm. his parents' death. So he's 30. Yeah. Let's add, and then he has two years. Let's say he was eight, which he wasn't. He's 10. He actually has to be a certain. He can't be that young mm -hmm. for it to affect him like it did. He's like 30 years old. Mm -hmm. You're very naive to be 30 bro and then jim gordon on the other end is also surprised like uh, 
at, at the corruption. He even has a line. So the Riddler has these kind of gruesome murders and yeah. uh, it's a little, little seven-esque with the, with the mystery and the, and the clues and the breadcrumbs he's leaving. And Gordon even has a line at one point, one point like, who would, who would do something like this? What kind of sick person would do something like this? I'm like, dude, you're a cop. You're a lieutenant. You look pretty old. Like, yeah. he's he's near in retirement. It reminds me of a joke John Mulaney has about uh, Ice T. Mm-hmm. John Mulaney has this great joke about Ice T being on a uh, what's Law that joke? Law and Order. Yeah. And he works for the sex crimes. Yeah. And he's like, every time there's a crime, Ice T acts shocked. He's like, <laughs> do you are you telling me there's a guy who's into girls with pigtails, little girls with pigtails? And he's like, yeah, Ice, you're work with the sex crimes division you should get used to that like gordon like you investigate murders yeah. for a living like in one of the most supposedly corrupt cities in america mm-hmm. this shouldn't shock you no and even he has other lines like he constantly call calls uh he says man a lot like come yeah. on man yeah like you he shouldn't does. touch that man like it's very laid back and yeah. chill and gordon to me is written like a very young character he's written like a young cop and he's not no he's not a young cop i can see what you're saying i think they're also trying to make it seem that he has more of a uh, he's more of a friend to batman that yeah i also, understand he, he's more um comfortable with Batman. yeah but he's also no, i get what you're saying but. to your point i i think gordon's very reactive too Oh, they're both like are. constantly people are like saying like Gordon get up out of there he's like all right come on and then they're like oh let's oh we found out that the thing is i won't spoil it we have to go to this building oh, okay let's go see i like, didn't like constantly Jeffrey Wright in this movie by the way i there's a lot of whispering in this movie oh i mean it's a and he dude. whispers the entire movie yeah he does i, I mean don't there's like a tone to this film so this is hey john how yeah. you doing oh my god i mean so this film, here's, here's, I would say my overarching criticism beyond the length mm-hmm. in terms of the style and tone of this film. This film is one, literally dark. If you haven't seen the film or you've seen the film, you, <laughs> you've probably seen the jokes online. It's literally very dark. And raining. And raining all the time. 100 inches of precipitation in God. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's also uh, emotionally and uh, atmosphere wise, uh, very dark. To the point that it really gets toes line and goes over it a bit, going into self-parody, like to the to melodrama, mm-hmm. right? So even with the first murders, one of the first murders, Batman is there with the cops, which is already like everyone, like no one wants Batman there besides Gordon, Some, yeah. uh, which is its own little problem, I think, because ultimately I think if I was a cop, and I was weird about that. Like, we have to look from the outside in, right? The cops, we, they don't know to trust Batman. We, we, they don't see his perspective at all. Yeah. So that to me, I'm like, really? Like, it'd be one thing, whatever, we'll leave that alone. But it's, it seems like Gordon is a man alone yeah. here, which is, in a corrupt police force, is also dangerous and doesn't make all that much sense to me. But sure, he's there. The way these cops, it's not just Batman, the way these cops react to these murders, it's as if they've, they're in a small town, they've never seen a murder before. Yeah. Again, going back to, to Gordon, be like, what do we do? This? But like, they're taking it so seriously. There's no, there's no sense of like, this is another day on the job. Like we are in a drama, a drama. We are in a drama and this has to be dramatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, oh my God, look, we found, uh, this is the murder weapon. There's the blood. Oh my God, <laughs> Gordon, I found something. 
to the Batman? Oh no, who could have done something like this? Instead of being like, hey, Gordon, come here. Look at look at this guy's head. Uh, yeah, did you find the cudgel? Oh, that's how he got killed? All right. Oh, Jesus, buddy. This is a rough one, huh? How's your wife? What are you doing? Maybe you want to get it, grab a beer later? This is gross, right? Like, th th this is how more how they would be. I'm not saying that it has to be yeah. all this levity. Obviously, it's a serious situation. Murder is serious. You Especially take the seriously. mayor in the beginning. Go yeah. the murder of a mayor. But there, there has to be some recognition of these cops being on the job. Oh, sure. And instead, yeah. these people are kind of, I don't, like, not oh, dumbfounded, but we're in a movie. We're in a movie. And we've never seen a murder before. Yeah. Like, this is it, this was a small town, like the killing or whatever, uh, the mm -hmm. show, where there's never murder, and yeah. there's a murder, and it's a shocking, gruesome murder. Okay, that's one thing. And they're like, oh, my God, how are we going to deal with this? But yeah. you're, in the, you're in fucking corrupt-ass New York City surrogate, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's throughout the film. Mm -hmm. So then you have – and then you have certain lines. We talked about it off air where – Batman's like I'm vengeance, yeah, and the delivery right. and the setup for it. Me and remember me and me and our friend Danny laughed in the movie theater. We were yeah, I remember hearing like, yeah, hearing you laugh. That's funny. It and, was funny, and people like looked at us like we were assholes. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm sorry, it was so over the top serious. And like as I watched it again, I didn't find it as uh, I found it is, but like. I did. I just thought it was – it's still pretty funny. I did. And actually, the second time, <laughs> it comes up so much worse as a setup line. It's oh, such yeah. a fucking setup he line. He beats up the Lilliputians. Yeah. And well, then... like, he beats them up, and the guy goes, what are you supposed to be? And he's like – or who are you supposed to be? He's like, I'm vengeance. <laughs> and you watch it again, and I'm like, oh, they just gave him that line. To, like, it's almost expository dialogue. It's almost exposition. Yeah. Right? I'm vengeance. Like, we needed a – like, how do we shoehorn that fucking line in there? Because <laughs> the bat signal's up, and while the yeah. bat signal's up, Batman, who's been Batman for two fucking years, yeah. is going, it's a, it's a warning. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the voiceover adds – Fear is a tool. Yeah, fear is a tool. <laughs> They're going to be scared. And, and, like, you have the scene of one guy who, like, robs a fucking bodega. Yeah. And he sees the bat signal and he gets super spooked yeah. and runs away. And it steals fear. And it's actually – that I like that. I like that. I thought that was yeah. a good setup. And a pretty good montage even with the, the quite melodramatic voiceover. Yeah. It, but – then you have the line where these group of guys, Batman comes up looking like fucking Batman. Mm -hmm. He's in a goddamn costume. The guy goes, who are you supposed to be? Yeah. You don't know that that's Batman? Yeah, you should know by now. You should it's know. two years. By now. Especially because you're, you have uh, you're, a, signal. you're, you're a gang. Yeah. So he beats up a gang, right? And they're career criminals. Yeah. So they're not going to have to be worried about Batman at all. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, so, other people who are doing nefarious things see the bat signal and they shit their pants and they run yes, away. Yes, exactly. And they all know who Batman is. They all know who Batman is. So that's a problem throughout this film. Super dark, no levity. Batman has one line, one line in this film that's funny that I like that it actually shows humor. And actually the delivery from Pattinson is great where uh, he's in the, he's in the, a cat, he's with Catwoman at her apartment mm -hmm. and there's tons of cats and he just looks at her and goes, you got a lot of cats. <laughs> and like the delivery is great. It's like deadpan. It's very Batman. And uh, speaking of Pattinson, he I think he does a great job as Batman. Do not like his Bruce Wayne. Uh, I don't think you barely see that Bruce you Wayne. barely see Bruce Wayne. I, I don't want to blame him for it. I think that's yeah. more the writing. I think that's very much the direction. Yeah. Um. And there's there's a lot of themes here I like, which we'll get into. Uh, mm -hmm. 
but man, it is melodramatic, and yeah. it makes and everyone moves slow. I obviously as a podcast, I can't show it, but they just kind of move in slow motion, like he's picking up oh, yeah. the envelope. It's slow. The walking They're picking up is the murder slow. weapon. Slow walking through the murder scene is slow. We, yep. This is all very important. This is all very <laughs> meticulous. This is all very serious. Do you see how serious we are? Yeah. So there's a mood. There is a fucking mood, and it's throughout the film. And this yeah. is, again, going back to what I was saying about the Penguin. I love the Penguin in this movie because mm-hmm. he just adds so much levity that we need. And, like, he does he does it, and this is why, and I do, I'm do. i a Colin Farrell fan, so I'm biased. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't love Jeffrey Wright in this. I, I see what you're saying, but I just love Jeffrey Wright. Um, I'm a big fan. And so Colin Farrell, he, the Penguin performance, he still does it within – the tone of the film oh yeah so and it actually to me points out that like oh you could have found levity and still kept this atmosphere mm-hmm. but you just went full into the atmosphere and mm-hmm. you just stood swam in it yeah went through the whole damn thing yeah um and i think that's uh very much encapsulated even in the characterization of the riddler for example uh so the riddler if you don't read the comics is uh almost a little Joker-esque in that he's kind of smiling and happy and, and conniving. And he's like this genius puzzle maker. And the Riddler, I mean, it's a silly costume, but he wears a suit with fucking question marks all over it. Um, they changed him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, there's different characters. They, right? made him, so, they actually made him a police, ins- not a police inspector, but like he becomes like a detective at some point. Oh, really? That makes yeah. sense, I guess. But like yeah. usually, traditionally, he's in some sort of suit yeah. with like a top hat, it's let's Jim Carrey. say. Yeah, well, Jim Carrey's in a fucking jumpsuit. With a, a leotard in a leotard <laughs> yeah that is not the riddler and never was so they went the opposite with it yeah. so instead with this movie the riddler looks and sounds like the gimp from pulp fiction yeah exactly i like that we can't speak to the love of the mask that's how that's what he sounds like yeah um and it's a little fucking grim dark uh but he's actually in and of himself he's an interesting villain i actually actually do like the He's Riddler a good villain, it. and uh, so it's he, not necessarily a criticism talking about that characterization with the gimpy this, and he's an uh, he is an orphan, which which plays a part. Yeah, uh, it it's uh, kind of underlies his motivation, and there are some great scenes with him. And he, he the Riddler, the character dominates this movie. It's he, yeah. he is barely in it screen time wise. It's like Hannibal Lecter, in that like. He dominates the story. He dominates the themes. He, he also wins, in my opinion. He does And win. I only say this. He absolutely wins. Yeah. And that, that's, that's sort of a spoiler, I guess. But he, but there, there's an argument to be made. That's the only reason. That, but yeah. he, he wins. He wins. So, but it's kind of a pirate victory, and we'll, we could talk about that a little bit. I don't bit. even think it is. But I, I, see, I, I think I see what you're going to say. But, yeah. uh, and people don't know pirate. Is that how you pronounce it? Pyric? Because it's Pyrus. Pyric. Pyric. I always heard yeah, it as Pyric. Yeah, it was Pyric. Pyric. So Pyric victory being uh, if you, you win the battle, but you lose you know, 80% of your fucking troops. Uh, so he sacrifices a lot to win, basically. He's uh, going to wind up losing the wars. Yes, right, right. Um, Based so off I his do actions like, at yeah. the end. And him winning actually is interesting, and it does work. Because they do – there is the, – the, the film actually – creates that argument at least it's the question like it's not like because there are superhero movies where it's like they quote unquote they felt they the story is told as if they won but then you the viewers like well they actually lost yeah in this movie it's actually putting forth the idea that like yeah i think they lost yeah because 
and this is what's interesting about the characters. Like Batman is struggling throughout the film about, well, how much good am I actually doing? Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting question. Yep. Um, and to like just Batman as a character, and even I thought this when I was younger, is that like he's kind of selfish in what he does. Like he's yeah. a you're a fucking crime fighter when you're a billionaire. Like you could put your resources to you could use your brain better. They, open, and, they openly say that in this movie. Yeah, and so they acknowledge that, and I like that, yeah. and that's something that's explored that he struggles with throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and there's some really nice moments at the end of the film where you see more of his humanity and more how he can help people and that is his arc yes which i really liked which is why i actually like the second half of this film more than the first Uh but there's there's just a lot going on in between yeah so if you can just let me say yeah yeah the problem with this movie is that every single character is in service of the plot there are no Mm -hmm. like real character beats and let me let me give you a couple examples i i agree with that but yeah go so it's like the God in the Godfather, when Vito is talking to Michael, and mm-hmm. you get the little plot thing where he says the person who comes up to you is going to be the person who betrays you, but that scene's really not about that. That scene's really about how Vito is talking to Michael, saying, "Listen, I failed you, and I failed the family. You were supposed to be the one that was the senator, the governor." But instead, you're in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of me. I didn't want talking, this for you. And it's talking about the family. And it's talking about the family themes. The whole first 30 minutes of The Godfather, there's plot elements in it, sure. But it's really just about the family dynamics. Yeah, and, and the and, plot is interweaved. And the characters. And the plot is interweaved Correct. in that. Yeah. Even a movie like, um, I'll give you two movies. One of them is an obvious homage to Batman. But one of them is uh, Five Easy Pieces with, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, love that film. The whole diner scene. That has nothing Great. to do with the plot. There's nothing. It's the best scene of the Not film. one thing. But it tells us everything about Jack Nicholson's character. Yeah. It tells us everything. His, his disdain for regular people, even though he wants to be part of them because he hates his own upbringing and his own family. Right. We empathize with that character because we've all been in a retail situation. In this case, it's a diner. But we've all been in a retail situation where we're just not being listened to and it pisses us off. Yeah. So there's that. And then another scene, just another example, and so this movie, uh, The Batman, takes things from Chinatown, and Chinatown's very plot-heavy, but there are a lot of just character beats and character scenes where we get to know who these people are, which then drives the plot, because that's who we know the characters. Right. And one of them is really early on, and it's when Jack Nicholson's in um, the, what, the county, the county hearing. And they're gonna they're being told that they're gonna move the water and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they bring in the goats. And he starts laughing. And he just starts laughing. Yeah, it's great. That tells us so much about Giddies. And the problem is that there's none of that in the Batman, in right. my opinion. Everything is just we're gonna we we have scene A, we have to get the scene B, we have to get the plot yeah. point C, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think one of them that I would imagine one of the reasons for that, and I absolutely agree with everything you just said, mm-hmm. is that it's three fucking hours long. Yeah. We got to get a goddamn move on. And you're probably... Because there's four plots we're dealing with. And they actually yeah. weave it pretty, like, it's well-structured and it's kind of impressive how much meat is in it plot-wise through the three hours, yeah. but it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. It needed to be streamlined. Yeah. Again, like, even going to the corruption... We should already know that the world is corrupt. Mm-hmm. Gordon and Batman should already know, and this is actually a weakness in the script, but like they should already know 
about this underground club. You could have found another way to introduce Catwoman. Could have yeah. found another way where Batman can't get in there and he ha and he needs her help, but he already knew knew about existence. You should already know that the DA and the cops and everyone are there's a lot of dirt that they have to figure out. You should yeah. already know, even realistically. Yeah. But you take that out, now you have more room to breathe. Mm -hmm. And you can actually focus on other things. Mm -hmm. Okay, then you got the the A, the, the A plot with the Riddler, and then the well, they're, they're sort of a double A, double A with Falcone. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there is a ton of meat, but you're right, because they have to keep it tight. Yeah. And maybe don't move at one mile an hour in your yeah. in the fucking murder at the crime scenes. Yeah. And maybe then we could get a fucking move on too. Takes yeah. Because they're ever yeah, because I to you, it's so plot heavy that I can't exactly say there are things to cut, which is a yeah. pro. What what could have been cut? It's it's actually the worst scene in the film is where Batman. There's a car chase. I won't say who he's chasing, mm -hmm. but there's a car chase mm -hmm. on the highway. Yeah, that's way too long. The person he's chasing, it doesn't really make sense that he's chasing him because the guy's not like leaving town. Uh, uh, let me just and also uh, he kills uh, yeah. 20 people he kills 20 civilians yeah. there, there's a giant explosion that Batman causes yeah. for no reason the entire thing actually ends up being completely in vain um, and it doesn't make any sense and he didn't need that scene whatsoever I think uh, we won't talk I think the character that he's chasing is actually a coward and I think they they allude to it a couple of times huh i don't he says do you know my reputation at some point to him you do you know my reputation he's like yeah do you uh okay and he runs away there's, there's that's things. that listen that's and actually he leaves money there and stuff. we're giving away it's not mm -hmm. a big deal but i won't i just won't say who but yeah. listen that's a good point mm -hmm. there's other ways to do it you sure. didn't need a giant explosion on the highway killing well, a bunch need, of civilians we need the Batman. That's what I mean. You need we need the, the Batmobile coming out like you Dante's trailer Inferno. shot. Inferno. You need the trailer yeah. shot. And right? it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's it looks cool as shit. The fucking yeah. movie looks great. Yeah, you, you could have upped the brightness a bit on the screen, <laughs> but it looks great. It looks fucking cool. But dude, there are other ways to show that. That sure. that's interesting actually. I, really, I I like that. I didn't think of that. Sure. Um, I feel like the do you and then a scene where, you know, because he gets criticized by Falcone a bit at the end. Yeah. There there are other fucking ways to do it. Sure. That's all I mean. Sure. You know. But we, um, I, I think that scene is in there because it started getting, it started to get so plot heavy that we, oh, we, we need a we need chase. It's like we need when a car we, chase. It's like when we saw Chris Nolan at Lincoln Center and he was talking about when he was writing The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. He knew at certain points he, he had to put in an action scene because right. at some point the studio would be like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Yeah, yeah you're just fucking talking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and you're exactly. walking around in your can. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, so yeah, uh, going back to the plot. There's too many plots. You know, yeah. it's not that it's not that you could have cut so much. It's that this should have been a different s script. The the script should have been streamlined. Yeah, I don't I don't think the plots you, should have been reduced. I don't think you needed the mob element. I don't really think you needed it. That could have been cut. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of that. Well, but this is my point. If you cut that, you don't have a movie. You you got to change the whole script. You got to change the whole script. You could change the little things. Yeah. You could change the little things. Because Falcone ends up being a huge part of this story. Yes. Uh, the movie has a sort of ending at the two-hour mark. Like, there's a... So, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a a resolution, a mm -hmm. conclusion at mm -hmm. hour two, and then hour three ramps up, finishes basically the Riddler plot. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, I would say that's, yeah. and that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a big movie. So it's an ambitious movie. It's very ambitious. And I, I don't know. It, it's just, I was, I knew they weren't going to do the origin story and I was looking forward to, okay, now we're just going to bite in the meat of the thing. And it just seemed like you said at the beginning of the podcast where they had to fit too many elements. They mm-hmm. wanted, they clearly wanted to make Batman a detective. Yeah. So they wanted a detective story, like they really wanted that. But then they also wanted the psychological drama of Batman and his parents and that legacy. Yeah. And we wanted both. And the mob and Riddler was a way to fit that together. Mm-hmm. And also we wanted to show Batman growing as a vigilante, but that's kind of inherent no yeah. matter what story you're telling. And that's why it was too much. Do you think Batman... Now, I'm talking about the movies. I'm not talking about the comics. Because in the yeah, comics, yeah. it's very clear he's a detective. But for mm-hmm. movie, the viewing purposes, do you think Batman actually works as a detective character? Or should he just be kind of more of an action hero? Um, oh, That's a good question. Because I, I would argue that this movie answer, kind of sh- <laughs> answers that... It doesn't work as a detective story because if especially if you're going to have him reactive and not knowing things and being behind the eight ball constantly right it doesn't work yeah um even in even in this movie like the silence of the lambs and i know like we said with another movie uh we're comparing it to a masterpiece yeah we're, we've been compared to masterpiece like i don't want to be that unfair yeah. to this film because silence but, of the lambs is a, a one of the best clarice, one of the great american films clarice is proactive yeah. She's finding stuff out from Hannibal and she's finding stuff but she's pushing the narrative. Okay, so he this isn't pushing the narrative. So this is what I would say cuz this is what I thought of when you asked the question. I don't really think he's acting like a detective. Mm-hmm. He's kind of forced into being a detective. Okay. But so it's like to the Batman he's trying to figure stuff out and it's just a really smart guy who's yeah. good at doing detective work. Yeah. So I think you can interweave that. I mean Christian Bale does detective work in The Dark Knight, especially mm-hmm. when he tries to find like the source of the bullet mm-hmm. and going around and figuring out like he does. There is detective work in there. Yeah, he's not working with the cops. It's just not, and it's also not a procedural. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so ultimately, I yeah, I think Batman is an action hero first, then the detective second. I mean, there isn't a way to interweave those things. Yeah, and this movie, it's like to your, uh, and I agree with you where we need action scenes like. Here in this scene, he's being a detective. Now it's time to fight. In yeah. this scene, he's being a detective. Now it's time to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like, let's say Christian Bale, he's trying to he he figures out. Uh, small spoiler with Dark Knight, where he figures out where like Joker's about to do an assassination, and he goes and to and he sees like the cops tied up, and then he has to go become Batman so he can go fight him. Mm-hmm. So like he's being a detective and an action hero in that whole sequence at the same time. Yeah, that never happens here. Yeah, no, really. No. Like, even some of his detective work in this movie with Batman, uh, he uses Catwoman. So he's being a detective, quote-unquote, but, mm-hmm. like, now he's not being Batman. Yeah. He's just being a fucking detective about shit he should know about already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't think that that's an issue of Batman being a detective versus an action hero. I just think they're just doing procedural shit. When he should be a detective superhero, not he's not a detective. He's a de- he's a superhero detective. Yeah, there's de- you know superhero quote unquote. He doesn't yeah. have powers, but in a comic book context. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I do. I agree with that. I mean, I, to be fair, it doesn't. I, I'm not exactly bored 
I didn't really get bored until the the, the two hour mark where I'm like, because because here's the thing too. I, I remember in the theater checking my fucking phone phone, yeah. and it's even watching this again. It wasn't as bad this time, but I think why that is is because the movie is the the movie presents it as if the two hour mark. It just feels like an ending. I know there's more coming, but yeah. my body, as an experience subjectively, it feels like you're ending this. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like you're promising me that this is resolved and then we're going to keep going. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. like, it, it, it's like Return of the King where it's not... Four endings. Yeah. It's not that the length of the... There's the length of the film is the problem in and of yeah. itself. It's that I'm watching the film and it's setting me up like it's going to end and then it doesn't. Do you know my dad? So it's like starting and stopping and psychologically I'm like expecting this to end. My dad, when we watched Return of the King in the movie there, my dad actually stood up thinking it was over. Oh, really? Like, and then he's <laughs> yeah, like, oh exactly. no, it actually... Yeah, okay, yeah. We gotta go back down. And that, and that messes with you. Like yeah. even, even if it's good, even if you like it. Yeah. You know, even if you don't quote unquote want it to end, if you're if you're signaling to me that you're ending, I'm going to get prepared to end and I'm going to start to check out. Yeah. And so that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I so I, I so maybe boring is the wrong word, but it, it does make promises that it doesn't keep. And also, I think it, it's with, just, the, with that sort of it's first ending. It also I also just think there's something to be said because you might have just felt that way also because the movie just is so fucking dark and gloomy and pounding and slow and yeah and just it's it is i i didn't mind it like i said i kind of like this movie but like it it is uh exhausting it's an exhausting yeah it's, exa- it's exhausting <laughs> this is why i i again why i love the penguin because dude i literally like i i i'm bre- i can breathe yeah when he's joking i'm like oh oh my god someone in this world is funny yeah. Thank you. Someone has a sense of humor. Yeah. Humor exists in this world. <laughs> I mean, that's li- that's literally my thought. Like, oh my God, this isn't a universe where there's no such thing as humor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, so that's criticism. I, I again, there's the uh, so like, there's what? There's the Falcone plot. Yeah. There's the mob plot. There's the corruption plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the institutional corruption plot. Mm-hmm. There's the Riddler plot. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Batman parents plot, mm-hmm. and they're all interwoven in a sense pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are interwoven well. Yeah, but there's just so much of it. Yeah, and that it could have been three or two separate films. Really, what you should have done is is again cut it down. They should have already known about the corruption. Uh, it should have been basically, I I think, Riddler and the psychological drama of his of uh, the legacy of his parents, mm-hmm. because Riddler does tie into that in a way, in, in a sense. I won't, I won't spoil how. Yeah. Um, with the backdrop of the mob. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you kind of even need Catwoman in this. Really? No, not really. Uh, oh, there's the Catwoman plot. She has her own arc. Yeah. With that that's yeah. and she's linked to the mob. Yep. Right. So that's another thing. You know, um, but yeah, and maybe that's part of it too. Actually, to what you were saying about the reactiveness, maybe that's also why this movie felt long, because if he was more proactive, mm-hmm. it would feel like you're watching the character take control as opposed to waiting for the character to respond to another thing. Yeah, he is you know? always responding to either the mob or mostly the Riddler. Right. You know, the like I said, the Riddler is barely in this movie, and he absolutely dominates it. Yes, he dominates. Do- this movie. Dominates the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dominates the plot. 
dominates the atmosphere. It's very, right. you know, he, you know, it's, it's his kind of, it should be called the Riddler. Um, anything else? Well, I'll, I'll, let's talk about what I like. I mean, I do like the sort of deconstruction of the superhero mm-hmm. of uh, exploring this idea of like, how much is Batman helping? How much can one man do? What am I really doing? Just going out fighting random criminals. Like there is that, that question throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um, that under that runs through his arc and it's I like, like that he, it's, it's almost like that. he realizes he's doing a surface level shit he's not yes, really exactly fixing the problem. and it's almost like self it's self uh uh what's the word it's self-serving yeah you know what I like uh I like that you know mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite superheroes actually probably my favorite superhero is a superhero called our man okay if no one knows who he is yeah uh, he's like a old school golden age hero. He's basically he was one of the Superman knockoffs in the forties. Okay. Is he takes a pill called Miraclo and he has powers for for super strength, super speed, okay, uh, super invincibility, whatever for an hour. Mm-hmm. Every time he takes the pill, it lasts an hour. Okay. And like he was made in the forties, but a character like that is ripe for deconstruction. Like yep. he's just you know you could just easily go with he becomes addicted to the drug and. That's basically what happens, but there's one iteration for this writer, James Robinson, which I love, where he's uh, he's got some great stories within the Golden Age, which is in Elseworlds, one of my favorite graphic novels, mm-hmm. where he explores it, where basically he be- he becomes, it wasn't an addiction to the drug from this characterization, it was an addiction to the adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, he loved being a superhero. He's actually, like, a brilliant guy. He creates this pill. He actually starts, like, a pharmaceutical company. There's, like, there's, a, there's a lot you can uh, dig into him, you know, in terms of being a superhero, but also being, like, you know, morally dubious. Okay. And he's basically like, I was addicted to the adventure. Like he, he neglected his own kid who goes on to become Iron Man too. And his family, because he just wanted to be a superhero. <laughs> and I like, and that was an, inter- I, I, it's part of why I love the character, but he also looks cool. And I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's like, I, I, he didn't, he didn't become a superhero according to this characterization. He didn't become a superhero because he wanted to help people really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's an that's a benefit. That's good because it makes him feel good about doing it. But ultimately, he just loved being a superhero. Yeah. And I think that question is sort of in this too, where Batman's like, "Am I really help? Am I really doing this to help people? First of all, what effect am I have? I mean, he says I just what he's being... doing is his family's legacy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and that's just interesting because you know he's basically acknowledging like, yeah, what I'm kind of doing is is, is possibly selfish. Mm-hmm. And he even says like, crime's only gone up. Things yep. have only gotten worse. Yep. What am I actually doing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't like the Bruce Wayne characterization because he is this angsty, you know, I mean, he's got the long fucking emo punk hair, yeah. uh, which, you know, he comes off as like this weirdo, this weird recluse, yeah. which is not what Bruce Wayne is. I get it as Batman, but there should be a switch because... And they acknowledge this in this too, where he's this is quote unquote the real ma- mask. Bruce Wayne is really Batman. Batman's yeah. the real him. He gets yeah. to actually be himself when he has the mask on. Correct. They discover that, which is always I, I like that. I mean, it's cliche with Batman at this point, but it's really inherent into his character. Yeah. Um, that's why it's so important to me that when you are Bruce Wayne, you aren't that. You're John F. Kennedy. Dude. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't. Yeah. So, but in terms of when he's Batman, um that all works and there is that and i think the this arc that happens is batman b- 
being uh, self-aware and also finding his humanity mm-hmm. where it's not just obsession. Like I just have, to, he's actually, he's actually asking the right questions of how much am I helping people? I mean, yeah. I did this to help people. I'm not doing this for me because I want to, fight people and I'm obsessed and I'm, you know, I, I have to deal with the trauma of my parents dying mm-hmm. and I, it's coming from this emotional self-hatred or, or, or hatred towards crime or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I actually want to help people. And he has this arc of, of finding his humanity and actually uh, figuring out whether or not he could. And there's a, and my favorite scene at the end is when uh, he guides like all these people out of, you yep. know, like a disaster. And he even had, there's a great moment with the voiceover, uh, where he's like, there's this kid on like a hot in like a, who's about to get airlifted, and he and he looks at the kid, he like places the kid in the airlift basically, and he looks at the kid and like nods at him, yeah, kind of and like kind of smiles, and like it's, it, you, you see his human, like he's actually connecting with another human being and it's a child, yeah. Um, it's the first time he does it throughout the entire film, mm-hmm. and I actually think it's a great subtle moment, yeah. and I, I loved it, um, and I wanted again that I think that should have been. That's the psychological drama that I think should have drove the film as opposed to the plot, yeah. which really drove the film, yeah. to, to your point. Because I, I, I agree, Riddler, Riddler, Riddler runs the show, Yeah, this whole thing. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what I also liked, I liked that the I liked that they made the Riddler a mirror of Batman. Yeah. So not only that, we, we I'm going to, we, the Riddler is a bad guy we understand, we empathize with, we say he's kind of right. But where we differ and where Batman differs is the way he wants to go about uh, fixing this corruption is through murder and mayhem. Yes. And that's where we have to cross the line. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes him evil. Uh, But, you know, Batman doesn't necessarily disagree with what he's doing in a lot. He disagrees with his methods, obviously. Sure. But but that it's interesting to see how they uh, they go come to different conclusions but they both think very similarly right. about just we have society. to we, we have to root out this corruption exactly yeah and i think it's interesting and i also think it's interesting that they made the riddler he was uh he's doing this because batman inspired him which then makes batman question is this what i'm yes i'm inspiring fucking crazy people right so there's a cra- so to draw it back to the i'm vengeance line yeah there's a moment at the end where a crazy person who's doing evil shit says i'm vengeance yeah and bat it's a realization to batman and that's nice that that was and that's another reason why they had the i'm vengeance line yeah um you know it's still a stupid line especially in the context of the atmosphere of the film it's already too dark and like that just that that pours it pushes it over and then the music that dun 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 exactly (laughs) um but that's a nice line i you know I mean, speaking to that crazy person, what I, and I, I can't talk about it because it would spoil the film, but the, the last scene, I think there's a lot to criticize about. They're, they're basically, they're in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And it's just... Well, we found out a way to ruin the next season. Because if we don't want to, if we don't want to see the Knicks lose, just do yeah, what yeah, the Yeah, yeah, just did. destroy Gotham <laughs> just, Square Garden. Just destroy it. What was it called? Gotham Square Garden? Gotham Square Garden. Gotham Square they Garden. they put it on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I actually like. Like they're just yeah. being clear. Like this is fucking New York. Yeah. Um, and they actually filmed it. It is actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Garden because you see. It. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You could tell. Yeah. 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 Um, but that whole scene, even though I like the conclusion to it, like psychologically, what Batman goes through and how he interacts with people, that scene itself was kind of. I I felt. I have a problem with that scene. I, I have a why. big problem. 
one of the reasons why uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to, I'll try to phrase it in a way that I'm not spoiling it. Um, the person the Riddler is tar- targeting is not a corrupt person at that moment. So why are we? Oh, that's true. So what's going on here? Well, he has, he has the line before that, like, oh, he's referring to this person. He goes, well, they claim that they're gonna, they're mm-hmm. gonna change the city. Yeah. But we all know what that means. So it, it's just his his uh, his uh, philosophy is, or his point of view is that just by trying to be in that position, you yeah. are corrupt. But Riddler's also wrong because he. Oh, I'm gonna spoil this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Should I spoil this? Um, well, well he does target he does target an innocent person their fa- I'll say this he targets an innocent person yeah. uh because of what their family did correct you know what I'm talking about right yeah, yeah. so that and that kind of annoyed me because well, that, yeah, every yeah. single person that Riddler targets besides this person then at the end but every single person this guy targets yeah you can empathize with yeah. and then he's got this last person where it's like oh we have to be we, we, we got to be clear to you guys this guy's bad yeah which I didn't like I, I would like to a bit more complex but again they needed that to create the connection between the two. Yeah. Um, I'm being vague here on purpose, but anyone who watched it who's listening knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, there, there are excuses that are built in that make you unable to ultimately come to the same conclusion as the Riddler. He yeah. does go too far. Yeah, but maybe that's the point. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's clear. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe, you know, you could also argue, I didn't have this as an experience, but intellectually you could say, oh yeah, I'm with him on this one. I'm with him on this one. I'm with him on this one. Oh, this guy's crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's like about, a, he's a, he's, he became radicalized. Yeah. 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 Essentially. Um, but I just thought it was, uh, there, there's a lot because this movie is also very realistic. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's essentially trying to be a serious movie. Yeah. But the main character happens to be wearing a costume, right? Mm-hmm. With, which, you know. There's criticisms to make, I guess, but it, you know that that's just what it's aiming to do, and that last scene, to me, wasn't realistic. I don't really buy that those all those people were able to get up there without okay. security noticing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I just didn't buy that. I, I'm just like this, and this is all, and they're also like a bunch of clowns from idiots from like who are these people? It's not like a trained militia. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, again, I'm being sort of vague. Yeah. But I, I think you know what I mean, and the people mm-hmm. listening know what I mean. Like, who are these people? Are you trained killers? Because you're a bunch of buffoons who met in a incels. chat room. Yeah, exactly. You're incels. Yeah. Um, so uh, that um, that scene was actually that last sequence. Even though the very end where Batman is reflecting on it afterwards, I, that all I liked in terms yeah. of the psychological drama of it and, and what Batman struggles with mm-hmm. existentially, I liked that and what it led to. You could have had that with a different scene because that last sequence – knock down the movie a peg for me okay um here i'll tell you something that i didn't like and it has something to do with the plot because it's such a such a plot heavy movie Mm -hmm. so we have all this stuff just it's just you know put it in the sausage right and then we find out i'm not i don't i don't think i'm spoiling anything but we find out the riddler knows all this stuff that's going on because of just the throwaway line Mm-hmm. Can you be more specific without spoiling? Yeah, no, I don't think it's. I'm spoiling it. They find out like, oh, uh, he found out all the corruption in in Gotham because he's a forensic accountant. That's oh. it. Yeah. It's oh, just you a didn't... line. 
I don't care about that. Oh, though. I don't like that. I don't really care. I hate that actually. I'm gonna be honest. When they say so, he's, he ends up being friends account. Doesn't really end up mattering. I just thought that um, they think they think they can just wash away everything by just saying that line. But I, I don't. I don't. I'm not really interested in how he was able to find this out or how he was able to do I it. I get what you're I don't, saying. I, I don't care about that. Do you know what I mean? No, no, yeah. I thought it was more to explain how he could be capable of this and also find out the records of these people. But he, I, I just get that. Listen, Riddler is a genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that to me is enough. Like he's a. I don't. I don't even give a shit about that line. It like, just came across to me as that they shoehorned it in because they realized. Oh, we need to have some kind of mechanism for him to know this stuff. Oh, and I, I I actually took it. Yeah, I could see that. I took it more as like, oh, this is a this guy had a job. Like he actually had a career. He was actually yeah. living in society, pretending to be a normal, yeah, uh, regular citizen. Uh, he wasn't just a recluse creep. You know, he actually had a job and a and a career. Yeah, I sort of took it like that. I didn't see it. I didn't experience it as them explaining away what uh, he no. did because it doesn't viewed it as like as the oh, okay it. yeah and i, I would have oh, okay it just rankled me a little bit all right i didn't see it that way and i i mean i agree if that's a if that was what they're trying to do that's dumb yeah. uh but i didn't even consider it because i i just don't i don't care how he was able to do it he's no. a genius i understand what you're you know saying. what i mean he yeah. he he, he he de- he's been dedicating his life to this. Mm-hmm. He's been thinking about this since he was a kid because he was an orphan. You know what I mean? Like he's been he's obviously been working on this for years, mm-hmm. um, and that was enough for me. You know, what I mean, it's like the origin story of Batman. Like I, you know, how did he make the suit? How was he able to build the car? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who gives a shit? Yeah, he just has it. it yeah. yeah, he's a superhero. Yeah, and he's also a genius, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, well. Uh, we could also talk about some of the other characters. What did you think? We talked about it a little off air. What about? Uh, what did you think of Alfred? Oh, uh, you like that? So for people who don't who haven't watched it, for people who do know, basically Alfred instead of being posh, a posh butler who serves him tea and you know kind of uh, father ta- figure, yeah, father figure and kind of keeps him, in him. Ch- definitely loves him. It's sort of his connection to humanity and mm-hmm. society and and I think this Alfred does love him. Oh, for it, sure. But it's so. Well, Al- so basically, they, they turn Alfred into a tough guy in this movie. He's yes, Andy he Circus. He's got he's cockney. His sleeves are rolled up. He's in yeah. very good shape. Yeah. He in, he implies that uh, he was in MI6. Yeah. He also implies that he was hired as a bodyguard. He wasn't just there to serve them. Correct. Food. He was also there to protect them. Yep. Physically. Uh, he's got scars on his face. He knows a little bit too much about uh, Thomas Wayne's dealings with Carmine Falcone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he knows a little bit too much. A little bit about that. So he was also his confidant. <laughs> and Maroney. And sounds like maybe he could have been his hatchet man yeah. to an extent. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, he couldn't. He couldn't get to the reporter, so he had to go to Carmine yeah, Falcone. Exactly. Falcone. <laughs> uh, so. So there's that. I mean, so essentially, what I'm saying is, we're going to see Alfred fight. The yes. next series, he's going to fight. And it's going to be he awesome. He maybe even help train Bruce. Um, so that's an interesting character. That's a new one. And you said it to me because I did have the thought watching the film because I knew there was the Pennyworth. I, actually, this is where I had the thought because I went to HBO Max when I yeah. went to watch it again. And Pennyworth came up as a suggestion. Mm-hmm. And I literally had the thought like, oh, well, in Pennyworth, he's he's not going to be a butler. He's definitely going to fight. Yeah. So maybe they're getting inspiration from that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I like I, it. Yeah. 
I like it. I like it. It's interesting. I, you know, I, I could poo-poo it, and, and I, but that could just be me being like, what I didn't like, oh, though, I'm a Batman fan. That's not what Alfred's supposed to be. I and mean, if you view, so originally before I start when we talked about it, originally, and it kind of changed now my feelings about it, I actually didn't like how Bruce treats Alfred in this movie. Oh, I didn't either. He treats him like a piece of shit. Well, I don't like how Bruce treats a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. He's a little too creepy and weird sometimes. And like, I'm like, you got to be more of a human being. Yeah. Like, how about when he, so there's a part where he goes to the nightclub. He like wants to, as Batman, because he wants to like investigate whatever. Yeah. Or he wants to speak to the penguin. Yeah. And they open the door. He's like, do you know who I am? He's like, yeah, we, we have an idea. Yeah. And uh, it was actually a, a nice little levity moment there. But they're basically like, yeah, no, you can't see him. Yeah. Right? Like, there's the two bouncers. And he just beats the shit out of them. Oh, he. this is a Go, violent Batman. Yeah. He goes in, just fucks everybody up. First off, very high risk. Yeah. Because these guys, what I was thinking, too, Batman puts himself in a lot of vulnerable positions where I'm like, dude, if they happen to overcome you, like, what if they tear that mask off and everybody knows who you are? And, yeah. like, not even kill you. Like, yeah. you know, because they might not. But, like, they'll find out who you are. It's really important that you conceal your identity. Yeah. Um, but he just like these are just guys. I get it. It's like a dirty club, but like these guys might not be. They're just kind of doing their job. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm just gonna crack you in the face and I'm gonna fuck all of you. Throwing up. a steel bat at someone's yeah. face. Yeah. You could kill him. I'm <laughs> like, that's not really justified. Up. You're an asshole, dude. And it's also not very <laughs> smart. It's not very prudent for what? So you could talk to the guy and ask him who this hooker is. So. <laughs> There are scenes like that where uh, where I'm like, ah, well, kind of like what you were saying. We need an action scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? They could have. It's just like, how do we have the action? Ah, oh, you just you just decides to fuck them up. I don't mind though that they actually used a Batman where we see a Batman like kind of goes to the edge of almost killing somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't mind that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because like we've always had where Batman like clearly again, will not kill, but he will put motherfuckers in the hospital. Yeah. I actually kind of like that in this movie. So to me, that's another scene where I, listen, I, I, I like the scene and it and it it could fit the character. It's, it's, it's not incongruent with this Batman. I mean, he like, mm -hmm. He's like the guy's obsessive. He's kind of an asshole. He, he doesn't care. He doesn't respect these guys. He thinks they're, it's a little Punisher-esque. It's, it's like Correct. towing that line, yeah. which is fine. It just, it was honestly what bothered me more where I'm like, this isn't very prudent. No. Like you're in a club. You're not in your it's, own territory. It's the middle of the dance floor. Yeah. It's, it's a cage. It's a giant cage, essentially. It's a yeah. factory, right? So yeah. like you can't, there's not, do you know the escape routes? You've never been here before. Mm -hmm. uh, it just seems like a young Batman to me. It's yeah. a young kid. He got this, shot. Yeah, this is like a twenty-five year, twenty-five year old, six month, ten month in Batman, still figuring shit out. Mm -hmm. Not a twenty-eight, thirty-year-old Batman has been doing this for two years. Yeah, that to me, I'm like, this is, uh, this is a little immature. Yeah. Um. So that would be my criticism. Again, yeah. if this, uh, I would excuse a, a lot of what happened in this movie a lot more if Batman is twenty-four. Mm -hmm. And he just started his crime fighting. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just started saying, like, he's, he's kind of getting into his groove and he's, he, you know, he's got the Batmobile and all that set up. Okay. Um, so that, that was a, that, that's something that bothers me throughout this film with some of that stuff. Okay. And I do feel like it's kind of forcing an action scene. Um, I'll bring up another actor since we, um, you know, you know, have you ever heard Robert, uh, have you ever heard Ebert uh, talk about the Harry Dean Stanton role? If Harry Dean Stanton's in it, it's a good movie. Or at least Harry Dean Stanton's scenes will be good yeah, yeah, and yeah. interesting. I am. I feel like we should have a new rule. I'll give you three actors, and I'll end up with the one in this movie. 
Uh, we should have a Sam Rockwell rule. Yeah. We should have a, a Walton Goggins rule. Walton Goggins, yeah. And lately, should, especially. And we should and have t- television as well. Oh, well, well, he's he's the best. He's awesome. And we should have a John Turturro rule. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed John Turturro in this movie. Oh, I think I I love John Turturro. He Fantastic actor. Is definitely. I read and I'll I'll just go on a little bit of a digression because I feel like this is an idea I've had for a while. They actually based Carmine Falcone a little bit on Robert Moses. Now, ah. I've had this idea not as a mobster because I think that's just too on the nose, but I do think that's a good idea where it's like, you know, this guy who runs shit from under a bridge, no one sees him, but yeah, he runs yeah. the city. I think that's a cool idea. And it's, he's obviously also based off John Houston's character in, 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 Chinatown. in Chinatown, for sure. We and, talked about this a bit, but yeah, yeah. Even, even his performance under... Very understated. Yeah. Very understated. Um, no, it's okay. Um, there's a quiet menace to yes. him. And I really, it's unsettling. Cause he, and, cause it's like he's that also, fatherly figure yeah. kind of performance and like how he laughs at him a yeah. little bit. And he's got like, you know, his, his soft demeanor, a kindness to him. Mm-hmm. That's all, you know, contrived essentially. Yep. Yep. For a monster that lies within. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed him. That uh, That's another thing with, I guess what just the plot of the movie, I wish there was more John Turturro and Colin Farrell and more Andy Serkis. Yeah. But if you're going to have more of that, you need less of, a lot of other shit. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? But they interested me. You know, no, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed I, every single time they were on the screen, I enjoyed their scenes. Right. I, I uh, loved Colin Farrell in this. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I loved all the act, but like, I'm looking, I am looking forward to more Penguin in the subsequent films. Do you think the Penguin will be the big bad guy in the second movie, or do you think he'll be the guy that he topples at the end? I don't think Penguin is going to be the big bad guy in any of the films. You I think, think he's, he's going to be that that sort of secondary villain. So a better, not a, I don't want to say a better version, but a more um, a, in the, within the plots of the movies, he's kind of like Nolan Scarecrow, only a bigger, bigger than Scarecrow, but yes, than Scarecrow. He's always going to be in each one. I, I think it's going to be something like and that. And as you see him, he's going to facilitate things. Yeah, and he like the. Gotham's underbelly is yeah. always part of the story, right? In yeah. Batman, so he's the face of the Gotham underbelly at this point. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean they make they they highlight it at the end that he's gonna make a move. Right, right. So uh, we will be seeing him a lot. Okay, I do have a question. We we sure. didn't talk about them much. What did you think of Catwoman in this movie? You could talk about Zoe Kravitz, but also I'm just wondering about a uh, character because I, I think Zoe Kravitz is a is a fine job in it. Yeah, but Catwoman as a character, I think she's just there to. I think she's there to give more weight to uh, Carmine Falcone, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and romantic, and to be a romantic lead, lead to Batman. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. I'm I, like I get, I don't want to spoil too much, but you know she has a she has connections with the mob in this movie with Penguin and Carmine, and uh, I think she's just really there to service that that plot. Yeah, and to very much so to service to service the uh, the corruption within the uh, uh, police department. Mm-hmm. I just think I mean that's what and I also that's think, the role she's servicing, but 
I they could have think... easily shown all that without her. So it just oh, sure. feels to me like the, the I think she's thing just... is just we, we needed a romantic opposite yeah. Batman. And, and why not make a Catwoman? Yeah. Um, yeah, and a woman is true. And I, I, I do like that she's another mirror of Batman, and she, she is. Mm-hmm. The, the Riddler, Catwoman, and Batman are all very similar in a lot of ways. Right. That, uh, that's, that's true of Batman in a lot of his yeah. rogue gallery. You know and they mean? change, but they differ in uh, certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did like that. Um, yeah, you know, um, I I did like that she didn't get any time really a one up on Batman. Oh, I was I, I liked it. I really liked that. I like that, that Batman I mean put her. I, I don't want to say put her in a place that sounds terrible, but uh, I don't want to see Batman losing the Catwoman. Yeah, well, not, not right speaking away, anyway. to the realism of the film that they really, I, I think yeah. they they do take pains to exhibit aside from you know some kind of fantastical. Yeah aforementioned car chase scenes and the scene at the end but still they're trying to create with the context of a realistic world that we could be living in um and yeah it was just great to see that like no you're not gonna beat batman no and uh which i liked i I mean i do like she puts up a fight and all that stuff but uh but uh yeah what do you what do you think of robert pattinson i thought he was all right yeah you know i don't think he was as good as christian bale but you know i think he was all right I actually liked him this, the second time around better when I watched it again. Okay. I actually thought I really I actually appreciated his Batman more. Still got a, Bruce Wayne, still a problem. I I liked his Batman voice because it wasn't That's what I mean. so it's totally not, different. Yeah. Yeah, and you, but more, it sounded uh, but it didn't sound like him when he was talking as Bruce Wayne though. You know. Right. Because his Bruce Wayne kind of sounded uh, nebbish a little bit actually. That, I, I mean, yeah, it, ad- it added to that characterization of like yeah. the angsty, yeah, creepy weirdo like he comes he comes across as a bit of a creep and he's one of the few characters that doesn't whisper throughout the movie right. uh so <laughs> i just i don't like that kind of acting style oh, i don't I'm know sorry either. i don't it's know just, i agree know, it, it was it got that's it's, why i like the penguin he doesn't fucking whisper no There's he talks some bass in his voice yeah you know yeah that whispering it's like uh, it, it's an actor signaling that they're in a drama yeah this is dramatic i'm yeah. in a drama this yeah. is important yeah um yeah and robin said i thought look the part I almost do think like his jaw is like too square to the point. And I, all I mean is in terms of real realisticness, I feel like if you saw Bruce Wayne and uh-huh. if anyone for a second even imagined what, who got a good look at Batman and saw Bruce Wayne yeah. and would think like picture Bruce Wayne in a Batman suit, they'd be like, Oh my God, he, he looks a lot like Batman. <laughs> That's what I felt. Maybe I'm making it up. I mean, part of Batman is you kind of always see him in the shadows. You yeah. never see him in broadly. They like, I did like, I did like that he actually looked different in the Batman suit than when he was like as Bruce Wayne. Because as Bruce Wayne, he's a skinny guy, Pattinson. Yeah. And he's in good shape, though. He's in good shape, but like he actually looks pretty big in the Bat suit. Like, right. He, I be- that was one of the things we were worried about going into this movie. Like, can we really believe Robert Pattinson is the apex male yeah, who can he beat all- the fuck out of people? And you know what? It, it got me to believe. Right. In and, that. You, and he did work out. I mean, he is, he is ripped in the movie. His back's pretty uh, large. Yeah. Um, and I do, and like, there was a controversy where he's like, oh, I didn't work out to be Batman. And, and I bought it too. I got pissed off. But yeah. apparently he was he was just bullshitting, which he does all the time. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, I worked out. I thought, I, I was joking. I thought people would take it. So like, he did work out. Didn't take steroids, though, he said, which I, I do appreciate. You could tell. But so he didn't do what Christian Bale did? No, exactly. Or what listen, I like Christian Bale, there? but let me, let's be honest. Oh, Christian Bale went from 130 pounds in The Machinist, the machinist. to 220 pounds of solid rock 
muscle. Yeah, and like, how did he do it? Not a long time. He ate ice cream with olive oil, as we told people. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Come on, you juiced up. He had to lose 10 pounds of muscle because he was too big for the bat suit in Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, listen, uh, and I I don't fault these guys for doing it. No, not at all. Dollars on the line. I mean, I do fault that, like, like Kumail Nanjani, like, got so ripped and, like, you are signaling to young kids yeah and teenagers like oh yeah i just had a trainer and hard work and all this shit it's like no dude you took a ton of juice yeah and i do appreciate that uh robert pattinson decided not to go that route he's like no no no, i'm not i'm not gonna go juice and i respect it Mm -hmm. but but i will say (laughs) if you really wanted to get into the character batman Oh, yeah. Would take steroids. Oh, absolutely. He's an obsessive maniac. Super steroids. Who will do anything yeah. to be the best version of himself and will put his body through hell to do it, too. Yep. He will would 100% take steroids. He would find out. And actually, in this this movie actually answers that question, too, because there oh, is yeah. a point where he injects himself. Yes, he with does. With, like, adrenaline, I think. I assume it yeah. is. Uh, it's some stuff. Some sort of People thing. originally thought it was Venom, the shit that uh, Bane puts in puts oh. himself. It's not. No, no, it's it it's be. some... It's... I think it's like probably like an adrenaline thing. Yes, Maybe a concoction correct. he came up with. Yeah. But like, that's... The, and I like that because that's the kind of shit Batman would do. Yeah. So Batman would fucking be unjuiced, dude. He'd be yeah. juiced up. Yeah. So that's all. Like, I actually... It's more believable to me that you would see a Superman mm-hmm. who's not... Like who doesn't look like a juice, a giant juice head? Yeah. Because Superman has superpowers. Yeah. You know his body just is his body, right? Yeah. Like he can, you technically you could be a fat slob if you have superpowers. You're super strong, whatever. Right. Batman doesn't have superpowers, so yeah. I'm gonna compare you to like other people who could actually like fight. You know, yeah. but he does he he does look the part. He's still like yeah. you know he's got like that lean kind of fighter physique. But ultimately, Batman would take steroids. Oh, so if we're going to so we could call say Christian Bale is like listen he's just doing his method acting thing he's like I'm just doing what the character would do (laughs) and he would needle up my friend so yoked he's he's so big in that movie (laughs) he lost weight for the second one he got lean leaner for the second one yeah I mean so (laughs) yeah uh, more realistic in that one in terms of a normal like what a normal guy could achieve but in that first one man oh boy he's a big dude yes he is um Okay. Um, what did you think? Um, if if I could just say a couple of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a lot of homages to other movies, and I wrote them down. Okay. So, and if you can add any ones that you thought of, I think because mm-hmm. this movie borrows a lot from other movies, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Seven's a big one. So you have Seven. You have uh, Michael Powell's Peeping Tom. Have you ever seen Peeping Tom? Yeah, I have seen Peeping Tom. I, yeah, oh, the beginning. Beginning, and also yes. with Batman and with Catwoman. Yes, true. Peeping Tom, uh, Zodiac, obviously. Oh, for sure. Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. uh, Dark City. I haven't seen Dark City. Dark City. Uh, the original Dracula. Actually, I have. I, when I was like 13, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever seen, uh, not the original Nosferatu, but uh, Herzog's Nosferatu. Parts of it, yeah. There's especially seen... whenever he's walking out of the shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I've seen. You think that was a? Well, there's a couple scenes that are like kind of lifted from when no... there's a scene in Nosferatu, Herzog's Nosferatu, where he's just coming out in the open. It's not daylight, obviously, but it's an open space, and you just see him coming in. And it's like nightmare fuel. 
Oh, gotcha. And as I'm, it's I don't get scared easily, but it's pretty fucking creepy. And as I'm watching it, it I get that from the uh, first scene when we see him beat up the uh, mat, the uh, painted guys. Oh, in interesting. The train station. Okay. There's similarities to that. Uh, and then uh, Chinatown. And, yeah. And I round up. I wound up reading later on. He based the Gordon and uh, Bruce Wayne relationship as uh, uh, all the president's men, as Woodward and Woodward and Bernstein. Huh. So much so, that. I didn't get that at all. I, I didn't get that either. But so much so, he named two of the characters after uh, all the president's men: uh, D. A. Colson and mm-hmm. Mayor Mitchell. Oh. Huh. So it was like on his – that was on the forefront of his mind. And I, I didn't see it. I but didn't see it. Especially because in All the President's Men, they are proactive and they yeah. push the story. Right. They move forward. <laughs> they move the story forward. And they take initiative. Yes, they do. Uh, so those are movies that I saw as being referenced constantly throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I was trying to think. Car chase scene – <laughs> where he comes through the fire felt a little Mad Max to me. Even yeah. the Batmobile oh, yeah, yeah. looked yeah. a little Mad Max, it so did. I think there's some Mad Max in there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know you said you hated that scene. I did. Like, I just hate. I that. like how it was shot, though. I like how it was shot. I just hate. I just Batman wouldn't do it. No, he definitely but, killed. He killed a million. He people. killed. He blew up a truck. Yeah. He fucking blew up a truck on a busy highway. <laughs> how many people did he kill? A lot. Come on. That's like other guy shit where they're like commenting yeah. on how the cops are... He just needs my hero playing in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like how much damage... Like forget the damage. I don't care about that. But like you're killing innocent people just to talk to a perp who's at the same place every night. He's at the same place every night. You know where the guy works. You know where he works. He's not on the lam. He's not trying no. to escape and go to Venezuela. No. Did it make sense? So that, that I mean, you take that... that, move, that I'm telling you, that scene took a big chunk out of my you know my appreciation for the film okay um not as bad as the last scene but Mm -hmm. i'm just like uh, i want to watch a version where that scene doesn't exist okay because it shouldn't shouldn't exist okay um okay i think that's that's about it yeah that's about it shot well i like the music in it thought the score was pretty good score's good but uh, you know it adds to that atmosphere yeah dark on dark on dark yep needed more levity yeah um What's what would you give this score as a movie? Fifty nine. Fifty nine. Okay. Fifty nine. I will give it a seventy two. Really? Yeah, I do like. I, I like it. It's in a weird way. I understand the flaws. It's kind of like The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Dark Knight Rises is not a good film. No, but I. You know what? But I, I still. I, I do fucking, still enjoy. I enjoy. Well, I'll it. say the dark, I enjoy the Dark Knight Rises. I, I hate. Too. I hate admitting that because I do understand that there's. Well, the Dark Knight Rises falls apart in the third act. Yeah, actually, the, the there's a lot of problems with but it. I, it's not just that, but but I I just like it. It's just it's one of those things. I well, just, it's just a well made film, yeah, and I just like it. I in Dark Knight Rises, the Bane Batman scene in the sewer, yeah. the fight scene, to me, is might be the best scene in that whole trilogy. Yeah, it's excellent. That scene is awesome. That's excellent. It's yeah. it's worth it to watch that scene alone. And I love Tom Hardy in it. I love his Bane. Yeah. I'm a big Tom Hardy fan now. He's one of my favorite actors. I yeah. think he's the best working today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a better film than that. Mm-hmm. But I would not give Dark Knight Rises a 59. Um, this film's a 59 that could have been much higher. 
Yeah, that I'm, I'm, you know I'm I mean? glad you said there. that. So ultimately, I'm actually kind of disappointed in this movie because I think this movie could have been actually fantastic if yes. certain things weren't done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I liked it, and I think it's a pretty good movie, but it leaves me a little hollow because I feel like this movie is just one of a puzzle of three rather than a standalone movie. Sure. Yeah, I and agree. And that's – you know, that's say what you want. Some people like that. I tend I to had, not like that. Yeah, I had the thought actually watching the second time where I'm like, this might actually work better as a mini series mm-hmm. with how much they were trying to tackle. Mm-hmm. Well, they're having they even... uh, two two te- television series are coming out of this. They're gonna with who? What do you mean? They're ma- they're doing a Penguin mini series with Colin Farrell. Yeah, they're doing a Penguin mini series, and I don't know if it's oh, so they're trying to go the Marvel route now. We're yeah. just making series of these people, but without universe, without move, they're not going to put Batman with Superman and that stuff. This is going right. to be entirely its own thing. And supposedly, like an origin Penguin. I guess no. It's gonna it's gonna be like Peacemaker with. Oh, um, uh, okay. It's after the movie, correct? Okay. And then they're doing a, a Gotham City Police uh, television show. Oh, that's gonna be boring as hell. Unless you get David Simon to do it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I will love- He's a little busy right now with his yeah. own poli- with his actual police corruption yeah. shows about actual real people. I would watch the shit out of that. Oh, though. for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, Simon, has Simon ever done anything that wasn't based on real people, though? You uh, know what I mean? He did The Plot Against America, the Philip Roth uh, adaptation. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, where Winberg becomes president. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I didn't know that. You told me about it. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Um, so yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, what movie would you like to do next week? Ooh, I didn't even oh, think about you that. can find the Batman on HBO Max. We said that last week, but just yeah, to reiterate, HBO Max. HBO Max. And there's gonna be a sequel. They already announced it. Yeah, yeah, we knew that. This movie made must have fucking bombed, which it was. Which Batman? No, it's made movie. Stuff. This made almost eight hundred million dollars. Yeah. I think they're very happy with that. For sure, Batman doesn't bomb. No, just doesn't. Um, what to do next? Do you have any ideas? I do. You probably will hate all of them. Uh-huh. Throw Be- some out there. Because what I wanted to do before we decided to do the Batman, because it's new, I really wanted to do both newer and uh, older Best Picture winners or nominees. Okay. Throw some out there. You're going to hate some of these. Just say it. I kind of want to make you watch Gigi. Oh, fuck. All right. What's the next one? <laughs> next on the list avatar okay keep going i i have not seen nomadland so i've only i have not seen nomadland a lot of people haven't seen i feel like that that that's a who gives a shit movie yeah so i haven't seen uh only three best picture winners nomadland's one of them okay uh god i forgot nomadland won best picture yeah i feel like that's gonna be a power of the dog conversation yeah, um, I, I feel like that's a movie. Wrong, that's a movie. But... I feel like I have to watch first and then tell you, and then we and then we do it. Okay, that's on the list. Uh, that the movie actually I wouldn't mind watching. I like Francis McDormand. I'm a big, yeah. huge Francis McDormand fan. Actually, um, yeah. is Gigi a musical? Yeah, yeah. yeah I I just don't like musicals. This is part of the problem. That's too. why I kind of want to force you to do it. How long is it? Is it a short? It's two hours. Two hours. One second. We have a list. We have a list. One second. Let me go to the list. Should we keep moving? Saying while they're watching. What's some recommendations I can give uh, whatever uh, while they're listening that people might like? We should probably just cut this part. Nah. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, you never know. Uh, Titanic. 
Yeah, keep going. That's a possibility, sure. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Uh, Sound of Music. Okay. Moonlight. Okay, I like Moonlight. That uh, might be an interesting one to do. That's the list I have so far. And then uh, uh, Scent of a Woman. But we can always. I like Moonlight and I like Scent of a Woman, so I would. That would be interesting to do one of those. I like those films. It's up to you. Why don't we do Moonlight? Okay. Because Moonlight, I think, is on streaming. Scent of a Woman, we looked before, and it's not right now. Yeah, I also have Moonlight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's one of those things where you regret buying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Buyer's remorse. Okay. Next week we're doing Moonlight. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Moonlight. Yeah. 2016 Best Picture, I think. Yeah, with the infamous. uh, Yeah, envelope gaff. Envelope gaff. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll talk about for a little, I guess. It's not that important. No. It's not actually important at all. It actually doesn't mean anything. Nope. Um, But all right. All right. All right. Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.